Good afternoon, Ignite. Good afternoon, Ignite. Okay, like today's what? The last Sunday in the first quarter of 2023. Does anybody have a testimony at all for this year? <laughs> I figured, I figured I wasn't the only one. So if you're among, if you're part of us, that you're excited that you're here today in the presence of the Most High God. If you know you did not bring yourself here, or you didn't just, you know, wake up by yourself, just give God a shout. Come on, yeah. Give God a shout. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. We serve a good, good Father. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. All right. So for those that don't know me, my name is Coco. Um, uh, hi, guys. Um, I love Jesus, and I'm super grateful to be a member of the Ignite Church. And even more grateful, the Bible says that he will give a shepherd after his own heart. And that's one of the ways that we know that God really loves us because of the shepherd that he has placed, um, you know, to guide us, to help us. So can you just appreciate PTA, PWA? Let's, yeah, let's appreciate them. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing people. Super, super, super grateful for them. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to share the word. All right, so this year, um, so like I said, today is the last Sunday in the first quarter of 2023. It's very interesting because like, it feels like 2023 just started like yesterday, right? And we're already in March, moving to April next week. Um, but it's been amazing. I mean, last week we had such a swell time. Pastor James walked us through the importance of being confident in the place of prayer. You know, one of the things that um, he, he reminded us is that our confidence in prayer grows as, you know, we know God more, as we fellowship with God more, um, you know, as we commune with him. That's where we get our identity. That's how we're able to grow in our knowledge of God. Another thing that he reminded us was that we're too loaded to fail. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, we're way too loaded to fail, right? And that those that are waiting to hear bad news about us, they will wait. And then there's something he mentioned. He said, then nature will kick in and do its work. Because we will not have bad news to, to share, right? Yeah, I'm sure somebody's thinking, so that's all you heard. Yes, that's all I remember, dude. That's all I took because that one was for me. All right. So again, we're going to continue, um, you know, in that line. Um, still on the topic of prayer, right? Still on the topic of prayer. So let's say a word of prayer. My Father and my God, I thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you because you're good. Thank you because you're kind. Your word says that we don't pray because we are good. We pray because you're kind. Thank you for your mercies that I knew every morning. Thank you, oh God, because it is by your mercies that we are not consumed. Thank you for loving us with an unending and an unbending love. God, we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, even as we have come to learn from you, um, acknowledging that we do not know as we ought to know, we ask that you would teach us in the name of Jesus. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, oh God. Your word says that you open their minds to the understanding of scripture. Show us the things that we do not know, so that we, oh God, Father, can look more and more like you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. And most importantly, let there be light. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right, so what is prayer? Um, again, these are things that you guys know, but just to kind of set the tone, right? Prayer is communication with God. It is intentional communication with God. The thing with prayer is that you cannot passively pray. 
like prayer is something that you do intentionally. It's also fellowshipping with God, right? The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 verse 3, and I'm reading in the Amplified Classic, it says, what we have seen and ourselves heard, we're also telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So prayer is fellowship with God, and it is one of the ways that you're able to identify who is a Christian, right? Because like I said, you can't unintentionally pray. Um, and, and it tells us here that that's one of the distinguishing ways that you're able to know, okay, this person is a believer, this person is not a believer. Um, prayer is also a place where we rub minds with God, right? It's a place of exchange. It's a place where we're able to exchange our human ideas for divine wisdom. Um, the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. And it's in the place of prayer that those ideas, you know, as we're meditating and speaking, our spirit speaking with God's spirit, we're able to think like Christ thinks. That's how power, powerful prayer is. Prayer is not a place of pride, right? It's a place of vulnerability. It's a place of submission. And that would explain one of the reasons why, unfortunately, you know, in the body of Christ, many of us don't really pray as we ought to pray. Because the Bible tells us that we should be praying all the time, right? Which means that we should be in fellowship with God all the time. So as a Christian or as a kingdom citizen, prayer is not a nice to have. It's something that we must engage in. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 18, and I'm reading from the message translation, it says, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. So as Christians, even as we're sitting right now, the kingdom of, of um, the spirit realm, should I say, is active. It's never dormant. So that's why the Bible says prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. This warfare does not end well unto rapture, right? So you and I as Christians, we cannot live a, victor a victorious Christian life without prayer. In fact, prayer is our lifeline. As a Christian, prayer is our lifeline. Now, the level of our, of our connectivity to God through the, the conduit of prayer is what determines the kind of results we experience here on earth, right? Like I said, it's, you know, the goal of prayer is so that we can produce results here on earth. Does anybody remember um, when pastor spoke about um, relationship with God and rulership for God? Remember? So that is what prayer helps us to do, Right? It's a, it's a medium, like I said, it's a medium where we're able to exercise our dominion here on earth. The ultimate spiritual, um, the ultimate goal, should I say, of prayer is that it helps us to produce tangible results here on earth and also to get our needs met. Because in the kingdom of God, that is one of the principles. We get our needs met by speaking to the Father about our needs. We don't go about just taking matters in our own hands and doing as we please. Because again, in the kingdom, the jurisdiction is that we have to submit our needs to God in the place of prayer. So I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a video um, on TikTok, and I'm gonna ask um, I'm gonna ask the technical team to help me show that video. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Can you please hello. put on the audio? 
If anything, before the situation arose, before the problem, the problem arose, there was already a, a solution which you and I are just, just need to discover. But there's nothing, and again, I say it again, there's nothing that, there's no situational problem that you have that God cannot solve. If it's not yet solved, it means that you and I have just not found the answer in God yet. So the responsibility is on us. It's not on God. Sounds good? All right. So our anchor scripture for today is Ephesians 6, verse 18. And it says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic, it says, Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. So what, what Paul is telling us here is that when it comes to prayer, it's not a one-size-fits-all, okay? Because it says all manners of prayer. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. And there are multiple dimensions of prayer, and depending on the circumstances or the situation that you're facing, it will require a certain dimension to be applied for you to, for you to see the desired results. So, for example, in the Bible, when it comes to blindness, there's so many ways God, Jesus healed blindness. For some people, he touched them. For some people, he spat and then touched them. For some people, he just gave a word. So, it, it's not a kitchen sink methodology, right? It's not just, okay, um, I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to worship. No. It's the Holy Spirit that prompts you to the accurate solution for that particular problem. And like I said... It could be the same variation of problem, and God could choose to still solve it differently. But we are not the one that decide how God will solve it. What we have to do is align ourselves with the promptings of the Holy Spirit so that, we, so, that he, so that we can position ourselves to hear the solution. Okay? So we don't decide how God goes about it. The Holy Spirit, like I said, with healing, he can decide, okay, I want to touch. He can decide, okay, I want to just send a word. All right? So it's in alignment with the Holy Spirit that we're able to have customized solution for whatever situation that we're facing. So like I said, there are many dimensions to prayer. But for the purpose of our time, we're going to take a look at two dimensions of prayer. The first one is asking. Um, so this is the most basic and common dimension of prayer, right? It's directed to the Father. Um, and, and, you know, Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8, it says, Jesus says, go on asking God for what you need. Then God will give it to you because he's a God that answers prayer. Then he goes on, you know, go on looking for what you need and you will find it. Go on knocking the door at the door and God will open it for you. Everyone who asks for something will receive it. So that is the confidence that we have in the place of prayer when we engage God, is that everyone that asks is going to receive. It's everyone. Are you part of that everyone group? Or you're... So everyone is everyone. It says if you engage God in asking, you're going to get a response. That is the confidence that we have in Christ. That anything we ask in accordance to his will, and his will, is, his will is his word. Not only does he hear us, but if we know that he has heard us, we know we have the petition for which we have asked. 1 John 5, verse 14. 
okay? So we must ask God in accordance to his will. And like I said, his will is his word. So what does that mean? Okay, so if I'm facing a situation, okay, we're in career month, right? So let's say you're trusting God for gainful employment, all right? So you need to find a scripture because, again, we need to pray in accordance to the will of God, right? So you need to find a scripture that talks about you gaining, gain, get, getting gainful employment. So you go on a Bible gateway or to, uh, you get a Bible concordance, right? You type in words like employment. You can type in words like work. You can type in words like um, salary. Salary is in the Bible, by the way. You can type in words like recompense, right? So you type all those words and then scriptures will pop up. Now what you do is that you prayerfully read through those scriptures until you find a scripture that pops in your spirit. That's how you're able to now use that word of God in the place of asking. Okay? So I'll give you an example. Um, if you can put that on the screen, Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7, in TPT, please. Okay, I'll read it. It says, um, yes, this I know, the favor that brings about promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on earth for no one exalts a person but God, who is the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings another down to his knees. So you take a scripture like this, right? Because the Bible talks about promotion. And you will agree with me that if you don't have a job and you're looking for a job, that's a promotion, right? And if you're currently in a job and you're like, eh, I don't really like this place, and you're looking for a new one, that's still a promotion, right? Or you love the job, but okay, you just feel like, okay, you know what, I can do a bit more. You're looking for another one. That's still a promotion, right? So you take this scripture, okay? Psalm 75, um, verse 6 to 7. Now you now pray the scripture. Because God is only um, indebted to his word. The only thing that will move God is his word. Tears will not move God. Is the word of God that moves God. And I'm, this is not to knock you. Like, if you've cried, me too, I've cried. Like, I have. I have, I have actually faced gain. I was laid off once. So I, it has happened to me, right? But this is how it works. You take the word of God as your armor, all right? Because, and it's funny, because the Bible actually tells us that the word of God is, an, is our armor in um, Ephesians chapter 6. You take the word of God and you pray that word. Father, your word says... The favor that brings about promotion does not come from the east. It doesn't come from the west. You are the custodian of favor. Lord, I am your child. Through the blood of Jesus, I have favor. Father, I ask you for a job based on this scripture. That is how you pray the word of God. So you don't just, you know, again, this, like I said, there's nothing wrong with crying. But don't stop at crying. Search the scripture for the word that is relevant to your situation. And then engage God in the place of prayer. Because there's something powerful about the spoken word of God, right? It's one thing to read it, which is great. We must read our Bibles. But there's something powerful about speaking it. And the Bible tells us, like, when we speak the word of God, things begin to move. And you will be surprised. Everything that you see can hear the word of God. I mean, Jesus cursed the fig tree. And by the time they could say Jack Robinson, the fig tree had already died. So there's no situation that you can't speak to. Is it unemployment? 
Is it, you know, um, you're facing struggles with your education that you're not understanding, understanding the course? There's a scripture for that. Luke 24, verse 45 in TPT. It says, God, the, um, Jesus opened up their mind to the understanding of scripture. So if Jesus can open mind to understand scripture, he can open your mind to understand your school. That's it. Supernaturally unlock the understanding. So God can actually supernaturally unlock understanding that the very course that maybe at the beginning of the, of the, of the semester you were struggling, and by the time the end comes, you're an A student in that course. It's very possible, but it requires you and I to engage God in the place of prayer with the word of God. The second dimension of prayer that I want us to take a look at is taking, and this is spiritual warfare. Now, in this dimension of prayer, you're not speaking to God. You're speaking to the situation because you've already done the asking, and the Bible tells us that once you've asked, right, in accordance with the word of God, he has already released it to you. So don't think that, oh, God, he has, once you've opened your mouth to say, God, your word says X, Y, and Z, I appropriate it, he has given it to you. Now, where the work, the real work really happens is in this place, the taking, the spiritual warfare. The Bible tells us in Matthew, 7, uh, Matthew 11, verse 12, it says, And from the day, days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of God has endured violent assault, and the violent men seize it by force. This is a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. This is work. This is work, because it says most ardent zeal, intense ex exertion. So you're praying, you're engaging Satan in the place of prayer. Even you, as you're engaging, you can feel it on your body, but it's war. It's war. It's an ongoing warfare. So as, you know, as Christians, like, as kingdom citizens, we're created in the image of God. And because we're creating the image of God, it means that the words that we speak, their spirit and their life, that's why we can speak to any situation based on the word of God and it changes. Because if you have the Holy Spirit in the inside of you, the words you speak are powerful. Very, very powerful. Because you're not just speaking now as an individual, you're joined here with Christ. So as you're speaking, it's Christ that is also speaking. So that's why as Christians, we have to be careful with the words that come out of our mouth. And like I said, you can speak to anything. Um, Jeremiah 22, verse 29, it says, O earth, O earth, hear the word of the living God. Hear it. Another translation says, O land. Another translation says, um, O people of Judah. So it means that, let's say for example, Tomorrow, let's assume tomorrow you have an interview, right? So today, you can sort it out in the, place, in the place of prayer. So much so that you just show up tomorrow and it's just a conversation. Because you have called that person in the place of prayer the day before. And you have spoken. Because if you can speak to the land, if the land can hear, people can hear. I mean, if you've been a member of um, the Ignite Church and, you know, attending, attending our mother church, the House of Praise, that's what we do for open heavens. We call them, right? Isaiah 5, verse 26, that they will see the banner 
they will hear the whistle. At the hearing of the whistle, they will come on great swiftly, with great speed swiftly. So it means that they are rushing, but there's no accident. That's what we do. So, and it's the same exact principle. You take the word, you engage it in the place of prayer. So in this dimension of prayer, the taking of the spiritual warfare, we're enforcing the will of God concerning the situation by silencing the forces of darkness that wants to manipulate our destinies. Because the moment you side with God, the moment you join the kingdom of God, automatically you're a target for Satan. It's not personal. It's not, oh, why me? It's not personal. It's just that everybody that has that spirit, the Bible says there's enmity. It's anger, uh, I think they call it enmity, anger without, without cause. There's enmity between, um, between people of God and Satan. So the moment you join with God, Satan is angry. So that's why we must engage in spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare is not something that you can delegate. That, oh, my mommy does it for me. You have, it's a personal responsibility. Personal responsibility needs to be taken. Because at the end of the day, yes, your mommy can be praying it for you. But the Bible tells us that when we get, you know, after rapture, we have to give an account of what we have done with our lives here. So will you now tell, tell you know, will you now say on that day, oh, so my mommy was praying. And, you know, at some point, at some point she wasn't praying again. That's why it happened. It won't fly. It won't fly. You know, we talk global destiny, global destiny, but if you check the life of Paul, for example, Paul, by definition, had a global destiny. He was going from one place to another. But see the dimension of attacks Paul faced. It, it just, it, I mean, when you read, you know, the, um, all the books that Paul read, Paul wrote, sorry, it just feels like he was just going from one battle to the other. But that is what happens when, you know, you, you are committed to God and you have a global destiny. So that's what, again, I'm going back to our anchor scripture, Ephesians 6, 18, in the message translation, it says, prayer is an ongoing warfare. It does not stop. So you can't use yesterday prayer and say, oh, I prayed yesterday, I will not pray today. And again, this is not to be religious because that's not the point. But it's, to, it's for us to take personal responsibilities of our destinies. Because at the end of the day, we will give an account. And the thing with the prayer, with um, spiritual warfare is that we don't pray spiritual warfare kneeling down. And I have scripture. Deuteronomy 2, 24, verse 25 in the message translation. And it says... On your feet now, get started. Cross the brook Arnon. Look, here's Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon and his land. I'm handing it over to you. It's all yours. Go ahead and take it. Go to war with him. Before this day is out, I'll make sure that all the people around there are thoroughly terrified. Rumors of you are going to spread like wildfire. They'll... they'll They'll totally panic. I received that for myself in Jesus' name. So you see, what does it say? It said, on your feet. Because you're going to war. You're going to battle. 
And if you think about it, when you, I mean, just think of one country where there's war going on. Is it silent? Is it like they're just fighting themselves silently? They're not doing it silently. It's loud, right? So, you know, when we, when we, when we engage in spiritual warfare, we're not loud because it's an African thing. It's not. In a war zone, it's not quiet. It is not quiet in a war zone. And similarly, when we engage, um, you know, the forces of darkness in the place of prayer, in spiritual warfare, you can't be quiet. You can't say, oh, I'm praying in my heart. Our anchor scripture, right, in Matthew 11 verse 12, what does it say? Sorry, well, that's not an anchor scripture, but I mentioned in Matthew 11 verse 12, it says, most ardent zeal, intense, like you're putting pressure on the neck of Satan. You can't, you can't be relentless because that's the only way that you and I can live a victorious life on this side of eternity as believers, and, you know, for somebody that is thinking, oh, you know, I know God exists, but, you know, spiritual warfare is not a thing. I'm feeling for you. I'm really feeling for you. Because it doesn't make sense. You can't say God exists and spiritual warfare is not a thing. Like, how? Like, make it make sense. It doesn't, right? Like, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And, and if you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know what? I'm not really a child of God, but I'm going to engage in it. You're playing yourself seriously. And I'll tell you why. Because the Bible tells us that you're either for God or you're not for God. I will not move there because me, I'm with God. Or you're not for God. Okay? Now, you just think about it. You're not for God. No, anyways, not you. Somebody is not for God. Okay? That person not for God, but it's engaging in spiritual warfare. You are beating yourself in your own house. That's what, that's when, you know, when unbelievers engage in spiritual warfare, they are literally beating themselves. Because you're not in the kingdom, so you're fighting, and what does the Bible say? A house divided in itself will not stand. So you're literally fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting yourselves. And just think about it. If a family is just fighting, one day, like, it's going to end in, in disaster. And that's exactly what happens when, you know, we're not, when somebody is not a believer and they now want to engage in spiritual warfare against Satan. Again, you're fighting yourself. And in that process of engaging in spiritual warfare, not being a Christian, you're, you're really just destroying yourself. Because, again, a house... Um, you know, a house that is fighting itself will not stand. So that's where our identity and our position in Christ is so important. You know, you can't assume that you are a Christian. It's something you know. Because the Bible told, told us, we saw it, that one of the distinguishing marks of a Christian is what? Is fellowship with God. Or fellowship with, yeah, with God and with Jesus Christ. So, it's not something that you're like, eh, I'm not really in, maybe I'm in, I don't really know, depending, maybe on Sunday, you know, I feel very, like, spiritual when I'm in church, then the moment the service is done, like, no, like, which, which, tell your neighbor, whose side are you on? 
Because that's how it works. That's how spiritual. So when we engage in spiritual warfare as a Christian, we're not fighting from a place of defeat. We already have the battle. Because when we read it in Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy 2, verse 24, what does the Bible say? It says, I'm handing, I'm handing it over to you. So it's already a done deal. But you still need to engage them in war. So we're already praying from a place of victory. We're not, playing, we're not praying from a place of defeat. We know that we, are, that we have the victory. It's just manifesting. It's in process of manifestation as we engage Satan in the place of prayer. So you can't, and you can't even have that certainty in your heart when you don't really know whose side you're on. Because you always have a bit of doubt. Like you will always kind of have, like, eh, like I know I should not really be doing this, but I'm kind of doing it because everybody's doing it. You will not get results. So again, not your neighbor. Whose side are you on? And, you know, the beauty of this is that, like I said, we're fighting from a place of victory. So the moment you've now engaged, you know, Satan, as prompted by the Holy Spirit, you've engaged Satan in the place of warfare, then from then on, by faith, you receive it. You receive it. So you see that, you know, it's not just, oh, let's pray. There's dimensions to the prayer depending on what you're facing. So we're going to, we're actually going to pray. I mean, like the Bible tells us, be, let us be doers of the word, right? Right? We, we, have, we are going to pray. I mean, supernatural speed this year, like, I'm, I'm enjoying the speed that I've been seeing, but like, I need it to go faster. The, nobody, somebody, no, no? You like this speed? Ah. Me, I, 5G, I need to be consistent on that 5G, right? We need to be consistent on that. Because this year, the our year of possibility, 2023, supernatural speed, Elijah level. One thing after the other. By the time you're trying to go, another thing has already, another testimony, go, another testimony. Uh-huh. So I like how you said that, amen. Are you ready to pay the price? Uh-huh. Okay, good. We have a plan. We have a plan. But like I said, you know, you can't, we, all, all of this, I can be going on and on and on, but if you're not a member of the kingdom, it doesn't apply to you. And I'm not saying this from a condemnation standpoint, but it's just we can't fix something that we can't even acknowledge is wrong. It takes first acknowledging that there's a problem so that we can fix it, right? So, you, so part of enjoying the benefits of prayer is by being in the kingdom, by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Like, that decision is such a critical decision because it doesn't just sort you out here on earth, but it sorts out your eternity as well. Because hell is real. Hell is real. You can't just be claiming, oh, when I get to heaven. You can't claim heaven and not realize that hell is real. Hell is very real. So that's why it's very important that, you know, as, as, as individual, we take on that personal, personal responsibility to side with God. And I tell you, life with God is really nice. Like, it's really nice. It's beautiful because you always have that person with you that knows the future, he knows the past, he knows everything. 
Like it's your competitive advantage. The Holy Spirit is our competitive advantage as believers. It gives us insight into things that people don't even know about. I mean, take Joseph, for example. How were you able to see seven years ahead? Seven whole years ahead. That is the power of being a Christian. It's supernatural advantage. So, like I said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. So please, let's rise up to our feet. We're going to engage. We're going to engage. We're going to engage the... If you're doing it for me, it's a lot, so... Like, I don't need clapping. Um... So we're going to engage the place of prayer. But before we do that, like I said, I don't want you to be beating yourself if you're not in the kingdom. I want to give somebody the opportunity to join the kingdom of God. It's very simple. Is you acknowledge, you believe, and you confess. Very, very, very simple. So if, you're, if you've been getting a talk and you say, you know what, today... This is my first time even hearing about God and like, you know, it's making sense to me today. I want to join on. And if, if for one reason or the other, you, you know, because I mean, one has to be honest with themselves. You know that, okay, I haven't really been living out this Christian life and I want to come back home. No condemnation. God is not upset with you, by the way. Newsflash, he's not upset with you. He's been longing to have fellowship and to have communion with you. So if you're, if you're that person, if you just want to place, um, place your hand on your heart, and then you could just say after me, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me, and on the third day you rose from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Take away my sins and give me, to, give me the grace to live a life that pleases you. Amen. Can we please give it up for our brothers and our sisters that have joined the kingdom? Hallelujah. So one thing that I want to say, one of the beauties of being in the kingdom of God is that you're not doing life alone, okay? Like it's not a solo trip. Um, it's, it's, it's community because we grow in community. Okay. So you're going to see, okay, perfect, right there. Just text SAVE to that number. And this team of amazing people that were getting in contact with you to, to give you some you know, packages on how you can live a vibrant and relevant Christian life on earth. Because God has not placed you and I here just to while away time. There's a specific assignment that God has given us and that assignment cannot be fulfilled outside of God because it is God-given. So that's what that team of people is going to help you do. And I know that you will be richly blessed in Jesus' name. All right. So I have a question for someone. Is anybody ready for a career promotion? Okay. Is, I like, is you, you people are ready. Is you, I'm going to speak to you people. You people are ready. So you said you're ready, right? Because I'm not hearing. I'm not really hearing. Okay, okay. I'm still with you people, but let me move to the center. All right. Now, are you ready to pay the price in the place of prayer? Okay. All right. So we're going to do just that. 
All right, so the first prayer point, you're going to thank God for today's word because everything in the, the Bible says thanksgiving is the password in Psalm 100 in the message translation. It says thanksgiving is the password. So let's, I want you to go ahead and say, Father, thank you for sending your words to me today. My Father, my God, thank you so much for speaking, for speaking to our hearts. Your word says, and you sent your word and it healed them. Thank you, Father, for showing us the things that we, do, that we did not know. Thank you for opening our minds to see the importance, oh God, Father, of asking you, of engaging in spiritual warfare so that we can have, we can have a dynamic, oh God, and relevant life here on earth for you. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you because you said your, when your word leaves your mouth, it does not come back to you without results. Thank you for your word, oh God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Prayer point number two, we're going to do, we're going to ask. So we're going to use that scripture. Um, Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7, and it says, favor that brings what? Promotion, right? So it's very simple. Remember I said, you take the word, you pray the word, okay? So the prayer point is, Father, grant me favor for promotion in my career. Let us pray. Father, your word says, oh God, that the favor that brings about promotion, it doesn't come from the east, it doesn't come from the west. You are, oh God, the one that decides where favor rests. My Father and my God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will grant me favor for promotion in my career. In the name of Jesus, my Lord and my God, favor, oh God, is part of my inheritance as a child of God. And Lord, you you alone determines where that favor rests. So I ask in the name of Jesus that you will anoint me for favor. Lord, that you will anoint me for favor. That you will anoint me for favor. Favor concerning my resume. Favor concerning my interview. Wherever my name is mentioned for promotion, my Father and my God, I ask that your favor will speak for me in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, oh God, let your favor rest upon me, oh Lord in the name of Jesus. The favor that will bring about tangible career promotion. Father Lord, systematic promotion. Father Lord, oh God, dramatic promotions. Father, let that favor rest upon me in the name of Jesus. Anoint me with your favor, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, I ask that in this season, oh Lord, let me experience dramatic career pro promotion in the mighty name of Jesus. Father Lord, I pray, oh God, standing oh God on the on the credibility of your word you said this is the confidence that we have in you that whatsoever we ask of you in the place of prayer in accordance to your will we receive it we have it if we know that that you have heard us we know for sure that it is ours so Lord in the name of Jesus grant oh, grant me favor in the name of Jesus thank you father in Jesus name we have prayed so now we're going to engage in spiritual warfare. So Revelation 12, verse 10 to 11. Um, I'm just going to read the part that is bolded. It says, for the accuser, that's Satan, of our, of our brothers and sisters, who relentlessly accused them day and night before God, has now been defeated, cast out once and 
against every plan of Satan to deny me of promotion in my career. Let us pray. Father, I, I come against every plan of the kingdom of darkness to deny me of promotion. Every demonic voice of the kingdom of darkness, I command you in the name of Jesus to be shot in Jesus' name. Wherever my name is mentioned, and Satan is speaking in the mighty name of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus will speak against it in the name of Jesus. The Bible said the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That blood begins to speak for me. Wherever my name is mentioned, for career promotion, the blood of Jesus it speaks for me in the name of Jesus. Every orchestration of the kingdom of darkness against my career promotion. I come against Thank you. 